is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the sunny forests of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am contemplating whether or not Michael Jordan is a psychopath. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. I'm from Cascade Locks, Oregon, where it is raining as usual. I'm Andrew Hoffman. All right, all right. Cascade Locks, Oregon. I think I, I actually drove through there the one time I came out to visit mm-hmm. you. Um, I drove through there on my way back to Portland. It's where the bridge is that's part of the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah, the Bridge uh, of the Guts. Right. Which and I drove across it and took some pictures and stuff. So that's right there oh, where you're where you're at. Yeah, there's a kind of newer section of town that's a little ways east of there. That's where we're at. So very cool. Very cool. Um so just off the cuff, is Michael Jordan a psychopath? I've always believed Michael Jordan was a psychopath. <laughs> it was a little bit uh, humorous to watch. Uh, if we're, And those who, who don't know, who are turning into conspiracy slash Christian podcasts, and we're talking about sports, this is something we do. But it was a little funny to watch the reaction to the 10-part documentary series uh, called The Last Dance on ESPN. Did you watch it? No. no. Oh, that's amazing. How did you not watch it? There's no sports right now, Andrew. Like, none. Hey, there's a, a golf match, and there's been Outlaw Golf Tour events streaming on Twitch. So yeah, there you go. There's, there you go. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it's a it's a great series. A lot of people have been watching it, but uh, it is funny to see how many people had no idea that Michael Jordan was kind of a jerk. <laughs> He's right. basically a win it win at all costs guy, and uh, you know I think a lot of ad. ad uh, aspects of him are admirable, but there are many that are not. So right. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely an interesting story. I think to be elite at anything, whether it's business, sports, whatever, there are uh, sacrifices to morality that have to be made. So. Absolutely. Uh, I think James Corbett did a great episode on that called uh, Psychopathy mm-hmm. and talked about how many Fortune 500 companies are run by you know, psychopaths and CEOs. But uh, anyway, my uh, brief story about The Last Dance is I was in Palm Desert, Palm Springs in January for, for my work and uh, found that uh, w- I found myself in a really cool upscale kind of resort for this conference. And um, I'm checking in and I turn around and walking right towards me coming in. Everybody's kind of frozen looking up and here Scotty Pippen is like five <laughs> feet away from me walking in about, about six, eight. And uh, I uh, I looked at him and just said, you know, he looked right at me. I said, hey, man, you know, how's it going? He says, what's up? And he just walked in and checked into his hotel <laughs> in that in that documentary. He's in a hotel room and I'm pretty sure that's the uh, the place we were staying. I think. Oh, really? That's where, yeah, I think that's where they did the interview. So <laughs> my little uh, snippet of. Uh, Getting to see a uh, yeah. Apparently, he's not very happy about that documentary. Yeah, I could see that. So, yeah, I've I've heard discussions of it. I haven't 
watched really any of it, but I know um, it's about half like Michael Jordan's accomplishments and half Michael Jordan's grudges and what he did to get revenge for those. There's a meme going around. It's kind of just like, you know, somebody does something very, very slight to you. And then the reaction is that was all I needed. And then, you know, did you build you build a an insane case off of off of that? Um, yeah, I think one of my favorites was uh, it was posted to I think it was Twitter or Reddit or something like that. And it's it's like uh, somebody said it seems like he's so competitive that he is very reckless in his relationships. I get when people talk badly about you and you hold a grudge, kind of like oh you don't like me. Well, I, I don't like you more. I'm gonna not I'm gonna not talk to you for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, which is hard when you get to his level of fame and fortune. Um, and it just says, the radishes, the Lake Forest, Whole Foods were past their prime. It was personal from there on out. <laughs> so I burned the whole store down. <laughs> it's a good kind of quick synopsis of it. But anyway, it was, it was, huh. it was a good time. Well, you know, it's been about 20 years since I've had an Aquafina bottle of water. So I can understand that. Oh, well, what is this? I don't know about this Aquafina grudge. No, I was in, I was in college and got a Aquafina flavored water beverage from, you know, a gas station or something, and it was so bad that I like, that's it, no more Aquafina. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, well, there you go. Aquafina, you're on notice. There goes yeah. our chance at a sponsorship for this podcast, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. Well, you know, that's their fault. <laughs> I'm sure they were knocking on the door for sponsorship. There. Oh yeah, especially from this this show. Yeah. Listened to by six people who are still subscribed to us. <laughs> hey, we've we heard from a couple of those six. So that's right. Thank you for listening. So. Yep. Thank you very much for listening. So. Let's get into it. I did one, one of the first emails I received was basically somebody saying, hey, you're not the only one having anxiety about this. And I just wanted to touch on that just briefly. But, yeah, I am not consistently. I'm not somebody who usually struggles with anxiety, but I am having some anxiety about it. Um, just the whole the whole thing. It's, it's been mm-hmm. just kind of bizarre and it feels surreal. And I think I mentioned to you just a few minutes ago um, that I thought it would be great to be awake while 9/11 was happening to kind of understand <laughs> what was going on, but it turns out it's not. I don't think it is. I don't think it's great to be awake for one of these situations. Yeah, it's a little bit disconcerting. So, <clears throat> well, yes and no. Uh, on that note, are you finding people more open to 9/11 truth? Yeah. I haven't I haven't necessarily tried to speak to too many people about 9/11 truth. Um have you? I've I've uh just informally heard from a few people that are like, you know, I you know, always kind of I didn't want to think about 9/11 and you know, with all this stuff going on, I went back and looked at it and yeah, it was definitely an inside job. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So, okay. Okay. I think it's far enough removed and the times we're living in are crazy enough that, you know, it's it's not as uh, paradigm shattering as it once was to think like, oh, yeah, look, 
Building 7 got blown up. What are right. the implications of that? So I, I struggle with it because I, I don't have Facebook, as you know. Um, I've tried to completely move off of Reddit. Reddit has become a cesspool. It is. It used to be cool. I think it's out in the open that it's majority Chinese-owned at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've tried to move kind of away from that. Um, in so I'm on Twitter. It's basically my only social media, and I occasionally I'm on Instagram, but Twitter. And it's hard for me to tell on Twitter. Of course, everyone who I follow or keep up with, you know, are all like freaking out about Bill Gates and, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but you know, I don't know if that's real or if that's just the echo chamber that I find myself in, right? Uh, I think it's. I think a lot of it's real. Um, so I am. Uh, it's still a little bit on Facebook, but what I have found is that, um, well, this was quite a few years ago, you know, so we were doing the podcast, you know, I had the book thing. And so there was a, a lot of people that I became connected with on Facebook. I would post something lots of responses you know you could see like people saw it right mm-hmm. now if i post something there is nothing yeah that's, I, that's what i'm seeing on twitter i'll i'll post something that i think is really interesting and there is no response whatsoever which you know it's not like that really affects me my self-esteem or whatever but i i'm thinking you woke like, up and checked your likes and were really depressed for the rest of the day <laughs> right it's not like it's not like selfies that i'm like oh why aren't why don't people like this but uh i think people just aren't seeing it and so um you know we've done laurie and my my wife and i have done some kind of a to b testings and she hasn't totally got blacklisted yet but she's posted a couple things that have been like fact checked you know the facebook throws the fact checker thing on there um and i haven't really seen that it's just like no nobody sees what i post so yeah and i i get that too from like twitter analytics where they could lie to me but i don't think they do i'll get like i have 300 and something followers and I'll get 43 impressions or 28 right. or, you know, the people just aren't seeing it or maybe they're not logged in. I don't know. It just. Yeah. Which the, that was the other thing I was thinking of, like maybe people aren't as into Facebook and that could be part of it, you know, especially the people that I would have been uh, friends with in quotes. Um, but yeah, like, you know, 11 or 1200 people and nothing, you know, I'll, I'll post the, JFK Jr. interview and there's like, you know, two likes or whatever. <laughs> so, well, so a, I, a, a, cl- a source in high school very close to me tells me that Facebook is for old people. Facebook so. is for old people. Yeah, it's no <laughs> doubt. So that's, um, I've actually been uh, doing the no agenda social master. Oh, have you? Thing. Yeah. I haven't gone in there. I should, I should check that out. So. Yeah, you can. Should be able to find me on there. All right, All right. fair okay. enough. I'll, I'll check it out. Um, that that being said, it it just yeah, this whole thing is uh, just bizarre. And uh, part of the reason to start the podcast back up is to calm myself down, but also the other people uh, who may be listening just 
different things that are going on. It does feel like maybe they're showing their hand a bit too much, and that kind of is exciting for me. Uh, weird things like, I mean, we, I, think, I think it's worth touching on. I've never been a fan of Elon Musk. I've ranted about Elon Musk on this podcast mm-hmm. numerous times, but you know, some of the moves he's made recently are uh, somewhat admirable. You know, tweeting that he thought Tesla stock was overvalued during the shutdown, which immediately crashed it a little bit, and then it, and it came back up shortly after. Uh, tweeting that you know, uh, Trump, he started to realize Trump isn't as bad as he said he was, or as he thought he was, and. Uh, you know, and uh, well, deciding to open up his Fremont factory, contrary to what the lo- local mayor said that he was able to do. And then basically saying, come arrest me if you're going to arrest anyone. And, well, and then kind of and forcing their hand and getting away with it. If if you do, I'll be moving to Nevada or Texas is what. Yeah, that's precisely it. Yeah, I think he even threatened like, hey, I'm, you know, effective immediately we will move. All of a sudden, so, oh, no, I don't want that. So forcing the government's hand has been uh, an interesting uh, response to this, too. Um, and a, a local, uh, one of our listeners actually emailed us a story about the Oregon situation and how hmm. it was found to be. Did you, did you catch that? No, I didn't. I don't think uh, I got that. Okay, let me see. Maybe it went into spam, but uh, see if I can find this article. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, anyway, go ahead. Well, because I've I've followed the the local stuff. Um, there is a group of churches in Oregon that sued, and the judge ruled in their favor um, that Governor Kate Brown's order was unconstitutional by the state constitution because it extended beyond twenty eight days. And what Oregon state constitution says is that, you know, the governor can declare a state of emergency for 28 days, but anything beyond that needs the Oregon state legislature's uh, three fifths approval to extend it. She didn't even try to get it. She just, not what I say goes, that's it. So the judge. That's exactly what he. That's exactly what he sent. By the way, okay. the judge that declared. Yeah, Baker yeah. County Circuit Judge Matthew Shortcliffe. Right. Shortcliffe made the ruling Monday in a lawsuit brought by churches who had sued, saying that the social distancing directives are unconstitutional. Suit had also argued emergency power only lasts for a month, and after that, Brown would need the legislative approval, and the judge agreed. Yeah, which, uh, in instead of acknowledging that and maybe i don't know trying to get legislative approval for it she just uh got the oregon state supreme court to put a a stay on the implementation of the other of the lower judge's order so it's kind of in in limbo right now but i think that brings up um you know the elon musk stuff and also the small business civil disobedience um i tend to think that living your life as normally as possible is probably the best uh, the best protest right now for those that want to protest yeah i think that's so true i if think you can the, if you can handle the, the the pressure so i think the um 
you know, and I, I fully support everyone that's like doing the actual state house protesting and what have you. Um, but it's very easy for the media to uh, twist that and say, like, look, someone has a Confederate flag or look at those scary guns. Right. You know, and twist, uh, you know, the portrayal. It's easy for them to portray it as something that it's not and that, you know, misrepresent what people are protesting about. I think it's more difficult to say, like, look at this person going to work. I'm so glad the police arrested him. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. So you, I don't know, just from an an optics perspective. So up there, uh, you're in a very liberal area. Oh my goodness! I moved to a a less liberal part of Hood River County than I was in before, um, but still a lot of Portland influence. Put it that way. Sure, and I think so, we should just do a brief. I'm just going to do a, a brief synopsis of the two places we live. Both enormous pieces of land. These two states mm-hmm. are huge, Washington yeah. and Oregon. Um, and if it wasn't for Seattle and Portland, the liberal area, liberal centers, the population would be probably, if not overwhelmingly, a majority conservative. Right. Um, as far as once you get into the other places in the state, however... Almost all of the population does live in these two population centers, at least over 50 percent. And so these states are kind of controlled by a liberal run government, not kind of 100 percent are. Um, And so it makes for an interesting dichotomy. Go ahead. Well, so what I'm seeing locally is there's kind of a. There's a lot of people not wearing masks, I'll put it that way, and and masks are kind of like you know, have become uh, the secret code, right? Or yeah. not so secret code. So, you know, I, I saw an old friend of mine from up in Yakima, you know, post little like winking emojis and say like that look you, you give another a fellow non mask wearer when you pass or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so it's kind of the uh, the people that think this is bogus mm-hmm. aren't wearing masks and the people who have bought into it are wearing masks. Now you know I think it's important to remember that the the federal government at one point was telling us not to wear a mask to yep. save yep. those for Do- the Dr. Fauci know. himself talked about the uh, ineffectiveness in respiratory uh, effects of wearing a mask. And, and Surgeon as someone who was too, forced you know. to wear a mask when I'm at work and no. did that yesterday, it's oh. not awesome. It's no. terrible. I can't do it. Like I keep just taking it off because you end up, you feel weird. I feel lightheaded. I don't feel like I'm getting enough oxygen. It's just weird. So, well, and that even the, the government's own instruction, as I understand it, um, at least in this area, is that if you are not able to social distance, then they want you to wear a mask. So there's – I'm already not like the most uh, in-your-face type of person. Like it is <laughs> not that much of an adjustment for me to stay six feet away from people at all times. Sure. You know, other than in, in my own home. 
Um, so I, anyway, back to the we do we we do live in a, a very kind of frigid, passive aggressive Northwest. Yep. One of the funniest memes I've seen was like when they first announced social distancing, there was just a picture of the space needle in the downtown skyline. And all of Seattle was like, Oh yeah, social distancing. We got this. <laughs> we're notoriously a very, uh, uh, isolated in, environment. Lots of, lots of educated people, lots of very liberal people, but a lot of readers and just kind of keep to themselves. A lot of hippies, lots of personal space, lots of personal space. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, uh, a, a friend of, my wife's who who lives in Seattle posted, you know, shortly after this started, like, like, it, she's a, a nurse up there, <laughs> and I think for the most part is mainly, probably all all in on the, sure, official story so to speak. But she said, you know, um, do people know that you can't uh, that it's okay to smile? Like you can still smile at people when you walk by them, <laughs> like. Like this was before the masks, obviously, but right. uh, you know, people are being trained to be so scared of each other that they don't even like smile and wave. And I was, um, I told told you this. I was out on a, a sales trip the last couple of days to Eastern Oregon. Um, I traveled you know, a little over 500 miles in in two days, and uh, very small towns, and like no one out there knows me right Mm -hmm. but a very high percentage still smile and wave yeah and and that's something that's like it's an oregon thing um but it's not an oregon thing in uh like the portland area anymore sure um it's now it's just a small town thing but uh in general people uh very few people wearing masks except for employees of like chain businesses where, you know, it's a, a mandate. Yep. Uh, but I, I s- sat down and had lunch in a restaurant yesterday. No, as amazing as that. Sounds, <laughs> oh my gosh, Andrew, I didn't know this was going to turn into an outlaw podcast. No, I think no I'm one, scared to post this. No one, uh, no one wearing a mask. They get kind of scooted the tables as, you know, probably it was arranged a little differently than it was previously. I think they'd taken out one or two tables and then, uh, you know, arranged things a, a little differently. But everyone's in there having lunch and talking to each other, and it was it was kind of nice. It didn't believe it or not, didn't feel all that dangerous. So. Wow. You were in a restaurant eating around other people and it wasn't dangerous? Yeah. That's hard to believe. Yeah. I almost, I I, I almost uh, you know, when I would, would talk to people, I, I didn't do it, but I considered offering a handshake. That's <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. But I, I saw a buddy of mine from work. He works at a different place than I work in a different location. And uh, it's so funny because we were we, we were really close. We used to work together, and then he moved to a different different location. And uh, we met up. <laughs> it was like over before we even knew it, but we both like walked up to each other and stood closely, looked each other in the eye, shook each other's hand, and then moved on. And I thought about it right afterwards. I was like, Oh yeah, wait, oh yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even supposed to. Do- 
Yeah. <laughs> Not that I wasn't supposed to do that, but just it was funny that it, that, that it was an honest human to human interaction that, that did not involve the state at all. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, I'm like a, a year, you know, or whatever, six months ago. If a conspiracy theorist was saying the government's not even going to let you like shake hands or talk to people or do this or do that, like no one would believe it. It'd be crazy talk. Absolutely. Um, so what do you think the uh, I, I think we both agree that there's no actual medical reasons for this. So what do you think the the actual reasons are that that they're trying to push this through? Well, it's it has to do with a tweet I posted uh, yesterday to my Twitter, which was a quote of uh, William Shakespeare. All the world's a stage and the men and the women are merely just actors. Mm-hmm. I I, and the more I think about it, the more that's where I am. I think that this is an intensification of the stage of uh, fear. And it used to be you'd only really encounter it if you were traveling. You know, this, the, the 9-11, okay, we got to pat you down or put you through the naked body right. scanner. Um, and that whole thing has always felt like a stage to me. So I always enjoyed my... My refusal by, you know, saying I'm not, you know, walked up and stood in the right spot that, that I always do and stare at them in the eye and say, I opt out and then watch them roll their eyes or try to explain to me that it was safe and then have to take me over and give me a, a personal pat down. Mm-hmm. Um, I always enjoyed that part of it. Uh, not necessarily enjoyed, but just didn't mind my refusal to consent. Um but I guess the the part that that breeds some anxiety in this whole deal is that it feels like I, I feels like so many people are consenting and believing this. I mean, it the media I, in in many ways I'm encouraged by how little people care about what the media is saying anymore. But in other ways I'm still disheartened by how much people do care about what the media is saying these days. I, I don't know. I think this is. Uh, Just kind of uh, every every day I read more articles about uh, well I've been following the stock market and business and stuff and we should probably get into that at some point but more articles about how businesses are adapting to working from home and it just feels like a like a like a further isolationing like a, mm-hmm. isolation is not a word but just a further securing of people in their own little bubbles. As though we weren't already there before when we're all in public staring at our phones. Right. Um, and now it's like socially uh, responsible to, to be by yourself. I can't imagine what it's like to be single. You know, I got, I think we mm. talked about this before. You got people, uh, there was an article that came out a day or two ago. Quandre Diggs, the safety of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, talked about what it's like to be an NFL player in quarantine. And, you know, that's that's not that doesn't sound fun. If I was single, being no. quarantined that doesn't sound too fun, especially if I'm not working and, and uh, living on unemployment. Um, it's I'm blessed with a family and a lot of uh, people to talk to here in the house, and uh, it just I don't know. It's a further ice, further intensification of the isolation. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, I'm not, but I'm not sure what the point is. I wish I knew. I wish I, you know. On the other hand, there's always a flip side to everything, and I think God is working through all of this uh, in different ways. One is my neighborhood. I live in a suburb. Meadowdale is a suburb of Linwood, which is a suburb of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, these houses were all built in the '60s. Um, and so one of the reasons my wife and I chose the, this house in this neighborhood is because they're on big lots and it's a lot like neighborhoods we grew up in back in where she was in Illinois and I was in Oklahoma, where it's just a big lot, a rambler on it. You got some space, you know, kids can ride down the street safely. There's a driveway, cul-de-sac, your typical homogenous, <laughs> I don't want to say right. homogenous, your, yeah. your typical American suburb. I have never met so many of my neighbors. I had no idea. But one thing that's happened from this is all, a lot of the dads are at home. So you see entire families daily out walking. Mm-hmm. And we have a giant window in our front front of our house. And it opens up into our living room. And I'm talking this thing is like 10 feet long. It's a really huge window. Um, and, but we just see every day just family after family after family walking together, little kids riding bikes, smiling, the sun you know, glass, sunglasses on. And it feels like people are kind of resetting and reevaluating in a lot of ways. And, you know, everybody waves. That's the thing that I think you were just talking about is, you know, people are waving to us in the suburbs. It's nice like that. You know, everybody is kind of still waving and doing that sort of stuff. And so there's a, so are they walking with masks? No, (laughs) most of the people in my neighborhood are not walking with masks. No. Um, But, you know, you go to these businesses. I went to go get a uh, bicycle wheel from a local bike shop for my son's uh, bicycle. And um, while I was in there, every employee had a mask on. Every, uh, almost, uh, no, literally every person who was there customer-wise was also wearing a mask. And they were just, you know, shooting fireballs at me with their eyes over their masks because I was maskless with a three-year-old. Oh, the horror. <laughs> to let a three-year-old go into a bike shop. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know if any of those people there, they all seem to be kind of the the stereotypical Seattle types where they were, you know, maybe single, mid-20s or 30s, you know, and really into bikes and that whole, that whole lot. Very cool yeah. people in a lot of ways. Learned a lot from them. But maybe they don't have kids yet, but... A mask ain't ha- happening on a three-year-old. I'm just going to tell everyone right now: three-year-olds oh, are not yeah. wearing masks. Period. Yeah. And and how many deaths on, of people under ten? Zero. Even in Wuhan, zero deaths under ten. I mean, it's, it's even if, even if you believe all of the official state propaganda, kids don't die. They don't right. even really get that sick. So I'm not a jerk. I don't want to put, I don't want to subject my son to this. Like you said uh, a little bit earlier, it's weird to go to the store and everybody's wearing masks. Maybe the kids could be kind of thrown off by it. I took my son to Costco without a mask up until the very last day. I went the day before they instituted the, this is a mandatory thing. So I I even, I even said, I uttered the horrible words yesterday. These are not true, but I did it for a laugh. I said, um, I was walking in the back and I, I found, you know, a like-minded person who we had joked around about politics before while I was at work. Um, I, I walked to the to the back into the shop and one of the mechanics turned and he looked at me and he said, where's your mask? And I said, hey, I'm a Republican. I don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> it's 100 percent not true. But I said it because I knew he was. Right. And I wanted to get a laugh, and he he just died laughing, and, <laughs> and it does it does feel like that. Suddenly, it's like now you're it it it's 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 crazy. Like, well, they got they got everybody ramped up and pretty scared back in March. The, 
they so even they, had me mild, mildly nervous. And they said, this is, we're going to flatten the curve, right? This is, this is the plan. We're flattening the curve. Curve flattened. Okay. Which, now which made it, which, you know, that made a certain amount of sense. I'm like, you know, I don't want the hospitals overrun and people dying in the hallways and stuff. So, okay. I think it, at that time, I thought the projections were bogus. Right. Um, so I didn't think that was necessary, but it, there was a logic to it. But go ahead. I, I interrupted you. No, it's fine. I, the story changed. Yeah, I need to be interrupted because I'll, I'll just ramble on for forever. But now the now the goalposts have moved and it just feels so political now. It's mm-hmm. it's it feels wildly political. In in your liberal states, everybody has to stay locked down. California through July for some bizarre reason. In the you know the western states packed the you know they're all yeah. Meanwhile, Georgia's open. My family in Oklahoma, they're all open. Um, it, you know, they're they're still required to do some social distancing and masks. Um, I know someone very close to me in, in the Oklahoma area. Uh, who works in the medical field, who has not seen one positive test for COVID-19 the entire time that she's been there. I mean, you had, like you said, you have entire counties in Oregon. There's whole states out there with very few infections. So, um, well, it it, it made some sense too, to do it here because, you know, Kirkland was the center of the, the first part of the lockdown. And for those of you who don't live on the West coast, we have Chinese people, and by that, I mean a lot of them. They are throughout Vancouver, B.C., Seattle, Portland, and down into California, Los Angeles, San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. it's, it's the whole West Coast immigration from China, Japan, you know, all, all over in, in Asia. That's It's a very big population here. So there's, there's people that, um, you know, are Americans but still have family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. In China. So there's, there's a lot. It makes sense that... San Francisco, Seattle would have outbreaks. Yes, absolutely. The, um, and also New York. I mean, lots of there's yep. people from all over New York. Um, we are a melting pot, contrary to Democratic propaganda. We still are a melting pot. There's all kinds of different people from different countries here, and it 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 does make some sense that that's how it would spread. So that I think was all kind of based on logic. But now we've moved into a whole nother world. Well, where, and it, so the, um, cause it, it's a little easier after the fact, right. But as the most accurate explanation of what the virus would do that I've seen was the, the people who were saying that it's a design bioweapon, that it's out in the, the population and that it will, no matter what you do, it'll take about eight weeks to run its course, and then it'll fall apart because it, it hits um, – basically, it looks for vulnerable re- receptors, you know, people that don't have good immune systems or for whatever reason will spread like wildfire through that. But once it hits enough people that it can't fully infect – it goes away. And so if that is accurate, and I think when you look at what's actually happened, that that matches up pretty well, the lockdown was the exact thing you would have people do if you wanted the maximum amount of damage. 
And I think they um, they waited until there was enough disease spread where it was all over, regardless that the um, and then they the lockdown to keep people inside, no vitamin D, uh, the most unhealthy conditions for your immune system possible, making people with COVID nineteen uh, go back to the nursing home to spread it to everyone else. Um, it was a response designed to inflict the most damage possible, both economically, uh, to you know, medically, um, emotionally. This was made as bad as possible by the government. That's agreed. That's and I agree a hundred percent. And um, the way that it could get a lot worse is if they uh, figure out a, a, you know, quote, vaccine to in, inject into a d- bunch of people and say, you know, you'd have to do it or else. Yeah. Um, a vaccine that has not been proven to work, even if you are someone who is a faithful believer in all vaccines and doesn't, you know, hasn't really looked. A, a type too of much. vaccine, like the mRNA yes. mRNA, vaccine. yep. There's yep. not a successful example of, oh, we developed a vaccine on the mRNA platform for X disease and we've given it to a bunch of people and it works. There's no never example. been that. No example. Yeah. Um, and the, this has been going on for a long time, but the lumping everything under the vaccine name, even when you're talking about totally different things. Like the mRNA thing or a, you know, tattoo imprint injector site thing. This is this is totally different than, uh, oh, we just inject some dead viruses into you. Um, grown on eggs and, and whatever. It's... Aborted it, fetal it's, tissue. And- it's purposefully just like... I guess the idea is that uh, just by calling it a vaccine, you make something safe and effective. It doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter where, you know, yeah. uh, there's people it's that beca- are, it's, oh, it's, it's a vaccine. New, it must be good. It's the new religion, man. People believe in the vaccine religion by faith more than anything I've ever seen. Yeah. The religion um, of all vaccines are safe. doesn't matter if the government has made all companies that, that give them out completely um indemnifiable is that the right word right um well if they have indemnity that means you can't sue them which is true that's (laughs) you know and it it's such a scam because um they say well you know it they're safe and effective but you can't sue for the damages that will inevitably happen from them (laughs) right and no i don't think inevitably happen for them is even I mean, I understand that that's a that's a stance and that's the one that you have, but just for the the well, that the that's even average a, person out there, they're you know if if they do happen, you won't be able to sue. Uh, well, Bill Gates admits, you know, even if we do a really good job with the vaccine, you might have you know like one seven hundred thousand people that it uh, have a negative reaction, i.e., kills them. Um, so we need to make sure that the, they can't 
the governments are involved so they can't get sued. I mean, the, the government decisions to um, make it so that drug makers can't be sued for anything that the FDA approves as a vaccine, that was a huge shift in medicine in America. And the uh, allowing big pharma to advertise directly to consumer was the other big shift. And that's why, I mean, if you were to unwind those things, it would do a lot of good. Absolutely. But, you know, it would be really easy for Bill Gates to convince me that the vaccine is is safe. I'd I'd like to see him, his wife, um, (laughs) his daughter. I'd like to see Fauci. I'd like to see all those guys getting injected with the first experimental batch. There you You go. I'd like to see that on TV. Uh, Somehow... I'm thinking they'll they'll let the the plebes get tested first. Absolutely. Yep. Um, on a positive note, have they overplayed their hand? I I do feel like it's um, there's a certain amount of desperation, like Bill Gates. Uh, you know, he's got Parkinson's. He might not live to Rockefeller age. Um, so he's like, we got to go for this thing now. I do think there's a certain amount of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean, like, we don't win um, just because we know what's going on, right? Sure. Like if they if they still get the authoritarian Chinese style super state in place, then whether you know about it or not doesn't doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, so I I think the strategy is they're still trying to do it as slow as they can, but it does feel like massive changes enough that people are noticing. Who would yeah. who wouldn't normally notice? Um, but but it went from flatten the curve to um, you know they they keep changing things and they keep saying like oh you know Inslee wants trial. less than ten new infections per day per county. Which <laughs> is just which is going to be awesome and easy for uh, Spokane. I think yesterday just received permission to go into stage two because of that. Uh, so, and that's a town of, that's the second biggest town in the, in the, uh, in Washington state. That's a town of about 700,000 people. Uh, but it's way, way far away from Seattle, uh, Seattle, King County, Snohomish County and Pierce County. Uh, <laughs> there will not, I mean, it, the, the idea that we're going to have less than 10 infections in a day is, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't look likely anytime soon. So what do you, uh, We've talked a little bit about it already, but they seem very confident in this whole second wave thing. So I'm I'm concerned that there is uh, a plan behind it. Sure. Is it the is it the plan to blame the anti-vaxxers that the second wave happened? Is it a well, plan but, to to blame the people who are protesting for at the state capitol and refusing the stay-at-home orders? Is it a plan to? 
to uh, to blame the people who didn't wear masks. Is right. there a second wave coming? I mean, can they fake another second wave? I think one thing we've learned from this is the media can kind of do whatever it wants. Yeah. I mean, and people, a lot of people, a certain swath of the population is going to believe it. Very strange that this year's flu deaths are down from 80,000 last year to only 20. Wow. What a what, right. what a uh, what an awesome coincidence that is. Um Right, you could classify, and, I, and, that, and, and that gets and into I the think, funding. Well, I I think um, you know one of my favorite things from the JFK Jr. stuff is he's he points out and goes into detail that the flu death number is totally bogus to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. That there is like probably about a thousand people a year that die from the flu. The rest of it is flu-like illness, which they, they can, there's a whole lot of viruses where there's no vaccine, no nothing for. And if you're not well, you know, and you're 90 years old, if you get it, you're probably going to die. Right. And that's always been the way it is. It used to just be listed as natural causes. You know, the 95-year-old person died of natural causes. Um, or, you know, lots of people die from pneumonia. But they they can reclassify it however they want. And then the, the flu death number is based not on, like, 80,000 people uh, we tested and they were positive for the flu and... Um, we're sure that this was the the thing that killed them. No, not anywhere close to that level of certainty. It's all projections based on flu-like illness. And, you know, we just assume that that's, that's what um, killed them or they died of pneumonia, but we think it was caused by, uh, by flu-like illness. So, you know, they, they can move numbers around, um, and then they can also actively kill people off like they have with those nursing home things. Let's I mean, get into that a bit. I mean, somebody just listening to this podcast might be not familiar with that. So what, what do you mean by that? Do you have any? Well, so they, they said um, if you're a nursing home, and this was New York, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, and some other states, you cannot refuse entry to a patient, even if they had been taken to the hospital with COVID-19. Which then ensured that COVID-19 would spread throughout those facilities because they're, they're just not, you know, not equipped to handle it. Um, You're locking people in say, it's just the worst conditions possible. Um, and also lots of employees that, uh, you know, um, it's not just, it's not doctors and nurses working at nursing homes. I mean, there are some, but the general staff, it's very low wage work. Um, did you see the, did you see the video that came out yesterday? Of the person punching the, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing with the, the nursing home situation 
if if anything, the percentage of um, deaths in the the country at nursing homes is being undercounted because in New York, if uh, someone's getting really sick and they took them to the hospital from the nursing home to the hospital, they died in the hospital. That's not counted as a nursing home death, which is crazy to me. Right. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it was, I think we're seeing eugenics at work. Um, it's a design virus and a designed response to kill off as many expensive old people as we can. So we can, you know, go into uh, socialized single payer healthcare where the government can mandate everything um, as smoothly as possible. So. And that's been a, that's been a, 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 a Agenda that's been at work for a long time with Obama. Remember, the Obamacare it also mandated everybody go to electronic health records mm-hmm. because before it was impossible to track who had been vaccinized, vaccinized, vaccinated, um, you know, and who hadn't, and who had had what. Now with electronic records, there's a there's a Washington State database of exactly who's been vaccinated for what. Yeah, um, and that's kind of, I think kind of the wave of the future in a lot of things. So hence my struggle with anxiety, just about just kind of how all this sort of stuff is going to work out. Because like we talked about before, if you're all in on vaccines and you think that they're all well and good and believe all of the vaccine religion, Mm -hmm. um, there's still no proof that an MRNA vaccine will work period. And, and that's what they're going to have to come up with for this COVID-19 thing. So um, yeah, I just, it's a it's a weird position to be in. I hope the pendulum continues to swing the other way and people react. I, I have seen a lot of people saying, I'm not going to take any <laughs> any vaccine that Bill Gates has anything to do with. And right. uh, it, it, it's weird. Uh, somebody uh, there's a, I think there's been, a, like I said before, and I almost think I should open up the comments section of this of this uh, on Revelations Radio News dot com uh, for this podcast and we'll just we could all share uh, political pictures or, <laughs> or political <laughs> cartoons because there's been a huge resurgence in political cartoons or memes related to this but one of the ones i saw recently was like you know don't always trust the media this is a, this is not a scientist and it was bill nye the science guy yeah. this is not a doctor and it was bill gates and it's and then uh, this is not a climatologist and it was uh, greta thunberg yeah so, it's a great point. These are people who are not in their depth, but yet they're taken as the oh yeah, and trust trust the experts. Um, trust the experts was how they prepared or us for be- this point. believe the scientists. You know, but but what they mean is believe the scientists that are uh, that we're endorsing that are pol- uh, politically in favor, because you can find plenty of scientists on the other side. Yep. You know, for of whatever issue, you know, whether it's this uh, pandemic thing, the pandemic response, um, global warming, there's always scientists on the other side, too. But they don't mean those experts or those scientists. You're only supposed to believe the ones uh, that are approved, which means you're believing the uh, uh, the political establishment the scientists have nothing to do with it other than, you know, the ones that go along with the official 
proclaimants. But I guess believe all politicians just doesn't have as good of a ring to it there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, where do we go from here? I think one of the, on a positive note, did you hear the clip where Trump said there's going to be a vaccine for those who want it? And I think a lot of people won't want it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, which um, uh, I went ahead and, and signed a petition saying I didn't want it. <laughs> right. But the, that same group is saying, like, we would like something in writing saying you don't have to get it if you don't want it. Um, I think South Dakota is already working on that. Which if these, um, you know, I guess that would be the, the next step if Oregon and Washington, because I'm, I'm sure uh, they would like to. Uh, if they go down the forced vaccine route, you know, no exemptions for anything, then, yeah, if there's at least one free state, I'll move there um, before I let them inject my kids. So. Well, interesting that you bring that up. Here is a slightly off-topic but also slightly positive story. Zillow survey forecasts suburban boom as remote workers flee pricey cities in search of bigger homes. Um, and this just talks about uh, Redfin further reported this trend on Thursday with data showing that page views for houses in small towns, populations of less than 50,000, were up 105% year over year. Mm. <laughs> on the heels of Twitter announcing some employees will be allowed to work from home forever, Bloomberg also reported Thursday how Silicon Valley tech workers are looking to escape the sky-high rents for more affordable options away from San Francisco. F Facebook, yeah, Facebook announced that too, 50% of their workforce could work from home permanently, which why, why would you pay rent in San Francisco if you could work from home, you know, somewhere nice? Yeah. And that's kind of where we are with in Seattle. Um, there's a lot of people who are looking at Idaho, Spokane, some of the other areas uh, where it's a little quieter, uh, a little it, bit less crowded. Here's the problem though. All the, you know, San Franciscoites and, Seattleites and what have you that move out, uh, you know, they want to leave for the right reasons, but once they get somewhere, they try to turn it into Seattle or San Francisco. <laughs> it's this true. It's a problem. Like the reason you want it out of there is because of the same policies that you're, you're now endorsing. Like, uh, I don't know that's happened in, um, Boise, Idaho is one place yep. where there's been a ton of transplants. CEO of Redfin predicted on an earnings call that remote work could lead to more people leaving the big cities like Seattle, San Francisco, New York, and Boston. He called out smaller cities such as Boise, Idaho, Bozeman, Montana, and Tacoma, Washington, which have seen an influx of home buyers recently. Yeah. Tacoma, Washington, not quite far enough from Seattle for my no. for my taking. If you're going to get out, you get out. And uh you know, it's something. It's something. I mean, my fa my family and I have considered it. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. But uh, you know, maybe a different quality of life, a little bit slower, slower pace, a little less high cost of living in the city. I, one thing I'm taking. This is kind of a interesting. Just a thought I had recently, but like, do you remember the Hunger Games? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> do you remember how the Metro 
city was this like everybody was crowded in there and they lived in their own world with these weird fashions and you know they looked down on all the people who lived outside of it it kind of feels like that yeah the capital the capital exactly we're the capital of the of the state well and that's um you know agenda 21 or the updated versions of that the idea of getting everyone to move into these small cities and i i wonder if um this certainly seems like an unintended consequence of people are like i'm out of here let me move into a small town you know right um now having been in about 10 different small towns in the last couple days um these places for the most part are dying I mean, there's abandoned buildings, there's, so, like, yes, you could, you could move somewhere, but you kind of have to, there has to be a way for those towns to make it. Yeah, Um, you you would literally have to be remote working for some of these bigger tech companies. Yeah, I mean, and it's really sad that there's people that live there because they've, their families have lived there or what have you, but there's there's been a consolidation in farming where it's like get big or get out type thing. Um, yeah, there's, there's some serious problems going on and a lot of forces moving people into cities. Um, but yeah, I, I hope there's a backlash and I hope there's a resurgence in people living in rural areas, but. I think I think there will be, but it's just gonna it, it, where they're gonna work is you know if this if you can get into a business where you work for yourself, <laughs> where you're your right. own boss and you can make money. Um, my wife started a business similar to that recently, and uh, she's been uh, kind of plugging along throughout this whole thing. And uh, I, I think if you can do it, that's the future. Um, but not everyone can. And, well, uh, and that, so that. Um, to expand on on what I said earlier, you know, th- this was clearly designed to uh, consolidate the economy down to Walmart, Amazon, um, and other so you really, giant. You really companies. believe that? Yeah, and so I think, you know, part of our response to it should be to consciously try and support small local businesses. Yeah, because um, otherwise they're they're done for. And you know, the same thing um, with the medical system. We're seeing rural uh, medical clinics closing. You know, I'm I'm dealing with uh, ones that were customers of ours. You know, with for internet closing up shop permanently because you know. They, they can't do it. So they're, they're trying to consolidate into um, basically hospitals for the medical system and, um, you know, support your local uh, chiropractor or uh, naturopath or what have you, because it's, they're definitely under attack and same thing for, for businesses. I'm not, I'm not saying you know, I'm a hypocrite if I say you should never shop at Walmart or Amazon because I, I do. Um, but if we don't make a conscious effort to keep 
competitors to those giant companies alive, they're going away. Yeah. So. I think that, that, that much is, is certainly true. Um, I'm not, I definitely support the Amazon, unfortunately, uh, but also the Costco. <laughs> if you can, when you have a family to feed like mine, um, it can get uh, a little bit expensive unless you buy in bulk. So, uh, yet Costco remains open. So it's just, uh, right. So there's, you know, there from an economics perspective, I do think there's parts that make sense about single payer healthcare, you know. Sure. But from a control perspective, I mean, look at what was going on in in England. They're mandating what doctors could prescribe, what they couldn't. Like you've got to have um, the whole idea of becoming a doctor is that you're prove that you're smart enough to to figure stuff out and you have to preserve that um, doctor patient uh, confidentiality and ability to make decisions for that one individual Um, rather than, okay, here's the disease and here's how you have to treat it. You know, everybody gets a vaccine and everybody gets this medication, that medication. Um, that's that's where the Gates Foundation and uh, other NGOs and government organizations they're they're trying to push everything into that one um, just centralized control of everything. So whatever we can do to push back against that, I think is a good thing. Agreed, agreed. Um, maybe we'll move on to. Something else. Uh, I thought this was a funny clip that I heard recently, a little bit more uplifting. Uh, but it was just, uh, I think this guy's a fireman out of New Jersey, where he was uh, basically um, doing a impersonation of how people are responding to this pandemic. Should we, we check this out real quick? Sure. I thought the coronavirus was all around me. Who wasn't wearing a mask? Who aren't wearing gloves? Some lady was standing five and a half feet away from me. I don't know what to do anymore. Who do I listen to? Do do I listen to the experts on TV or the experts on Facebook? What happened to Dr. Fauci? How come he's not in the news conference anymore? What did they do to Dr. Fauci? Oh, my God. Did did a spaceship land in a rose garden and take him away to a different planet? Oh, my God. I got to come down. I got to come down. Oh, my God. What if the virus is not here? What do I do with the gloves and the mask? What if the virus is here? these? How do I get rid of them? I don't want to put them on the street. That's not nice. I'll get rid of it later. Oh, my God. I touched the steering wheel. What if the virus is on the steering wheel now? <laughs> anyway, I thought it was a good impersonation of, of what's happening out there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh everybody i would say get outside and and you know smile at somebody (laughs) through your mask that's another thing communication is impossible with a mask i can't nobody knows if i'm joking anymore they can't see if i'm smiling at them just like looking at them with my eyes and (laughs) some muffled words coming out you know a lot of your a lot of your cues in uh uh 
communication come from watching the person's mouth. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm starting to realize that I may have worse hearing from the uh, Navy flight deck uh, <laughs> than I thought because I'm, you know, listening to people through the mask without being able to see the cues of their mouth. I, I can't hear anything. So yeah. It's been a, a bit of a struggle. So. Well, like the, uh, uh, Denny Hamlin, the NASCAR driver who put on a mask after winning the race of himself, of his own face, smiling. That was kind of funny. <laughs> that's good stuff. So that's my happy um, mask. So. There, there you go. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to touch on? I think I've talked about or touched on or whatever. I think maybe you got to you got to go. I don't know where we yeah. are here. Yeah. I, going? Okay. I got to get back to work, which, All right. you know, means Trump. sitting in this exact same chair, staring at this same exact screen. But anyway, <laughs> one of these days I'll get around to talking about the stock market completely recovered, by the way, you know, all these stocks look, looking good, you yeah. know, Carnival, Carnival Cruise Lines up, Disney up, still not don't have people. The who, whole need, who needs actual, you know, like revenue and earnings anyway we'll just we'll just we'll just print money stock without that we'll print money and then we'll have them we'll have jerome powell buy the high buy the prices a little bit higher and we'll pump we'll basically pump the stock market up yeah you can call donald trump many things but uh not aware of the stock market is definitely not one of them and uh, (laughs) i think one of the biggest frauds being perpetrated on us right now is this is the stock market and what's going on never have i seen you know and i'm I've been alive almost 40 years at this point. Never have I seen the stock market and the economy on s- such different paths, but that's right. where we are right now. Um, eventually, they're going to have to co- they're going to have to reconcile, and I don't think it's going to be pretty. Um, maybe I don't know. I don't want to be like Peter Schiff out here, who predicted five of the last two market crashes. <laughs> so, <laughs> but more like um, more like 25 out of the last two, but yeah. <laughs> He predicted 25 out of the last two crashes. Um, but <laughs> the S&P 500 right back to almost where it was before this whole thing started. So uh, I made a little bit of money when that uh, I talked about in that little time frame where I think everything was pretty predictable that was going to shut down, uh, betting against uh, certain stocks. And, and I, I did pretty well for myself. But uh, then I can then I made a, a, a classic uh, stock market mistake was I continued to use logic to predict the markets and uh logic did not did not prevail it completely you know we with this new jerome powell head of the fed just going to print money and buy up etfs uh to artificially inflate stocks um well what what pushed me over the edge was seeing like oh the stock market's up because of this promising vaccine trial which was 45 people but it wasn't really 45 people it was eight people who took the supposedly wonder, wonderful vaccine. And two, like, of them oh, yeah. resp- two of them had a, like a very bad response. Yeah, you're, we just Meaning don't 20%. count those. Yeah, um, 20%. It's totally fine. <laughs> Get, and that was, was that Gilead or was that the... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Moderna. Moderna. That was Der- Moderna, which is Bill Gates' baby. Yep. And it was it was crazy. Within a day, it was up, 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 and then JFK Jr. out, or excuse me, RFK Jr. out there talking about, hey, this isn't actually effective. Releasing some information on that hits the stock market, hits the hits the Wall Street, hits the uh, the Robin Hood, <laughs> the 
Robinhood yeah. app on everybody's phone. And uh, Moderna starts to drop, which was a direct result of kind of the right information coming out at the right time. There are positive things to, to glean from all this. It's just, uh, I don't know, you and I have been talking about these things. Hey, they're coming. Let's keep an eye out for it. And it well, seems like so many of them are here. It's hard to keep a positive light uh, in in, I, in contrast to that. I don't think we've talked about it. Have you have you ever been much of a Drudge Report connoisseur? I haven't. I know that you were for a bit. So there, um, there has absolutely been a shift um, from what I've seen. It looks like Drudge sold the Drudge Report. Um, and the guy who is editing it is, uh, <clears throat> I think it's Stephen. Anyway, Halper is his last name. So it should be called the Halper Report. Sure. Um, but... Man, they it is just uh, pro vaccine, pro um, anyone who's against Trump. Uh, we're all gonna die. Uh, no, like, hey, it's not really that bad. No, this treatment works or that treatment works. No, it's just like it's either everyone dies or we get a vaccine. Hmm. And um, so, anyway, I think. A lot of other people have noticed it and are going to other sources, but um, yeah, definitely don't don't trust uh, the Drudge Report. It's not the Drudge Report anymore. So, got it, got it. Well, I wasn't ever into it, so I, I guess I won't. But uh, yeah. I think our prediction still holds true. Trump wins in a landslide. Uh, oh, if yeah. Biden, re- if Biden, I think if Biden really is the presidential nominee for the Democrat Party, Trump still wins in a landslide, and maybe he'll be able to ratchet some of this back. Um, I definitely am not going to put my faith in Trump. I'll put my faith in Jesus and his plan for the world um, because my faith in Trump would definitely be minimal. Uh, However, uh, we'll have to get into this at maybe at later show dates. I know we got to get we're running short on time, but I think we're going to be set. uh, We're being set up now for one of the biggest October surprises ever. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a huge one. Hillary's going to step in or there's going to be a second wave. Or Bill's going to step in. Bill Gates maybe run for... I don't know. There's going to be some <laughs> crazy, crazy October surprise that they're going to have to pull out of their hat to try and go uh, up against Trump. Because if they really do run Biden, it's. Uh, I think it's all but over for the Democrat Party. The only thing that would keep them going is the fact the media all appears to be Democrats for some strange reason. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Uh, but you know, if you don't vote for Biden, you're not really black. So. Yeah. <laughs> he said that yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, on the Breakfast Club, the uh, uh, popular man. show out of Atlanta uh, for that is just African Americans. <laughs> so propaganda who i've talked about on this show before his name is propaganda he's a christian artist he is the one who runs humble beast out of portland oregon they give away free uh christian rap music if you listen to the end of the show one of those our outro is actually uh, some music from humble beast uh but propaganda this morning tweeted out does joe biden actually want to win like, <laughs> maybe he's, <laughs> he's like i don't want to win what can i say to get me out of this thing <laughs> yeah i you know i I think uh, it, there's clear evidence. Um, 
who's actually racist and who's not. A hundred percent. hundred percent. What you say I am is what you are. Yeah. Or what, what you say, what I say you are is what I am. That's right. Yeah. All right. Do you have any words of wisdom for us as we, uh, in their second show back in just over a year and a half, two years almost? Um, you know, get outside, play some golf. There's golf courses open in all 50 states. Um, and try to be nice. Smile and wave. Here we go. <laughs> put, I would say turn off the television, put down your smartphone, hug your children, get outside, pray to Jesus. Remember that uh, he is actually in control of all of these things and that the devil has already been defeated. So with that, I'd like to thank you for your courage. Let's say that's the end of uh, this show today. Yes, have have a good afternoon. And don't expect uh, two shows a week uh, going forward. Special treat there. Yeah, definitely not. Just uh, we had a lot to get off our our chests and wanted to to do it. So here we are. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, Spread the word that it's out again if you know anybody that used to listen. So, all right. Talk to you guys later. copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com. And thank you for your support of this podcast.